Hello, my name is Asher. I'm a conscious creator and your leader for this morning. Morning. Hey, welcome to the alignment uh, discussions meeting of conscious creators. Um, our purpose as conscious creators is to fulfill fundamental human needs and guide others who have a desi desire and willingness to do the same. These needs are security, connection, community, intimacy, communication, creative expression, sensation, progression, and reflection. And, uh, you know, something we were talking about and like we were doing some editing uh, last week is about like, you know, this really is about what I'm finding it to be is like where I'm hitting a bottom with my survival patterns and hitting a bottom with fear and either my need to control others or have others control me, but my need for like basically stepping out of my, uh, my addiction, my attachment to fear and control and stepping into uh, you know, like where it's in AA, do you remember when you were going and it talked about like in the chapter five reading, it talks about growing along spiritual lines. Like we're not saints, but the right. point is to grow along spiritual lines. Yes. And so the point of this would be to kind of step out of that fear and control paradigm and step into like learning about spiritual love and truth. And so in, in the context of that saying that like, well, what the hell is spiritual love and truth? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> That's interesting that you, yeah. And then saying that, well, we've broken spiritual love and truth down into these nine fundamental needs. I'm saying it from that place because I think the more clear things are when people interact with it, well, then they, they know. Because, like, for example, I was working with three people uh, doing the, the, the mantras and stuff. And, and, um, it probably would have been helpful for a couple of them to know that the purpose of this is to step out of fear and start to learn how to be in love and create their create a life not so reactionary, but like standing in their truth and creating a life from that place. Almost like, um, you know, you start to do this, but it's like people are like scared little bunnies. You know, they're showing up with all their fear and survival stuff and then we start to do this and it starts to open things up and it's like oh, I don't know am I ready for this you know so I can see where there would be like a need to like gently and broadly introduce why you'd be moving in that direction as to not kind of like scare the skittish yeah so maybe giving some thought to like you know because it's like our purpose as conscious creators is to learn it begin to you know create our lives from a place of spiritual love and truth for example as opposed to like reactive fear and control, something like that. But because um, that might help people go, because that's really like kind of what we're up against as a society is like the more fear that we're in, the harder it is to even have any kind of a spiritual connection with each oh other. God. Yeah, it's like it's like a some kind of like heavy wet blanket between ourself as conduits and as spirit as conduits you know what i mean it's like we're sensing it so much in the world right now that there's just this like barrier almost of fear and what's next slash haves and has nots you know what i mean there's just a lot of like scarcity and fear that's really kind of you can't have like a sense of groundedness it's like my poor dog. He, he, if he sees me moving around, he doesn't want to eat because he thinks I might be leaving. But as soon as I'm like sleeping or genuinely like bunkered down, then he'll recognize like, okay, I can hurry up and eat because you're like at bay, you know? Mm, like you're not going to abandon him. You have that connection. Yeah. So it's like we're yeah. kind of all in that space of like, you know? 
what's yeah. next, which, which doesn't allow us to sort of move into that higher vibration. Well, and I think that's the, you know, so, cause I've just been meditating on this a lot the last week. So, um, so the first, you know, this measure, this, this process here, I'm going to read through the thing. So our process is outlined in the following set of measures. There's three triads. The triad of awareness comes first, which is uh, begins with the first measure. Uh, we recognize habit patterns that undermine our purpose. The second measure is to gain awareness of our self-defeating habit patterns. And the third measure within the triad of awareness is to acknowledge the effects of supporting those habit patterns. So one, two, three. So recognize, gain awareness, and acknowledge. And um, that's what I was doing. Actually, I did a. And then the second half, the second triad is the triad of desire. It begins with beginning to cultivate a curious and receptive mind. So we don't just like step into love and truth. We first become curious and even receptive and open to the idea of that as as a way of living. And then the second. Um, uh, the second measure in that triad is to begin to, oh, sorry, is to accept the possibility of new life affirming experiences. And the third is to bring our perspective into alignment with our purpose. So we're beginning to cultivate curiosity and receptivity. We're beginning to accept new possibilities. And then we're bringing, we're choosing to bring our perspective, our attitude and our outlook into alignment with this purpose of supporting love and truth, as opposed to keeping our perspective, our attitude and outlook like reactive and fearful and needing to be controlled or controlled. Mm -hmm. And then the third triad is the triad of um, willingness. So this is where we, you know, once we can clear enough of that muck and mire out of the way, we can actually gain spiritual insights where we can recognize those insights and we can begin to act upon them. So we commit to acting upon the insights of a conscious mind. Well, that's willingness. We create space by releasing what no longer serves us. That's, relationships, dynamics, habits, addictions, like all those things that are standing in the way of us um, living our purpose. Well, we need to create space by surrendering our investment, by letting those go. That's how we create the space. And then the final one, once that space is created, well, then we can start to consciously, and when it says consciously, it's literally to co-create with consciousness, to utilize those insights from that greater power than self with our own you know, it's like, I don't know what you're really good at those kind of things, but I guess like the GPS thing, you know, it's like we co-create a vacation with GPS. GPS is kind of guiding us along, showing us the coastal roads, telling us where the traffic is. Mm -hmm. And we're in the car, we're driving the car, but we have GPS hooked up as opposed to like just not having that. And then like, fuck, here's another accident. Here's another accident. Here's a dead end, a construction site. Oh my God, forget this vacation. Right. I want to turn around and go home. Well, even, um, you know, that's a great example because, okay, for example, I think about like someone like my mom or my dad, they may connect to GPS to get on that trip, but the whole time they're second guessing, they're turning before they're supposed to, they're not paying attention to the sign, the, the clearly illustrated guidance of the voice, mm -hmm. mom, it's there. She just said, turn right. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like this, even though sometimes we have the GPS 
do we acknowledge it? Do we lean into it? Do we embrace it? Or are we going, are you sure that's right? I'm not going to listen to that. I'm just going to turn over here. Suddenly you're in a ditch going, how the hell did I get over here? And it's mm -hmm. like, you had the thought, you had the voice, the guidance, you had it there right with you. It wasn't even like you weren't necessarily totally disconnected. Sometimes right. we just literally don't pay attention to the guideposts, you know? And in the book here, that's interesting you said that because and there is kind of a spectrum of fear, right? Like, was what you're describing is someone like we could be in a serene state, peaceful at home, working with GPS, just kind of, oh, that would be fun. Yeah, Hearst Mansion. Yeah, yeah, let's go to like, we're going to go to San Simeon. It's going to be awesome, Caramel. Mm -hmm. But then we get on the road and the tire starts making a noise or the engine light comes on. So that's like, it's agitating kind of fear. It, it makes us a little reactive, but we're still mainly connected to GPS. Right. But then we get a cell phone in and our boss says we're fired or, you know, our dog passed away or something crazy happens that totally severs our connection right. to GPS. And so as conscious creators, the job is like, and it's hard to do. Oh my God. Cause you have, you have to align. You start on the journey being like, I'm riding the wave. And then you get halfway through the journey and you're like, I'm riding the wave. And everyone's like, oh my God, no, you're being drugged by a shark over here. Like, yeah. You not see yeah. that, you know? Yeah. It's like, and you're going, wait, what? And so you're always kind of in this space of, oh yeah, realign, trust and have faith, you know, which is a challenge because it's a, it's a moment by moment re- you know, calibrating with mm -hmm. that guidance and it's tricky. Well, and it's also good. I, I, I the, the calibration is a really good word and it requires us. And I'm going to, uh, I did some work yesterday, uh, with my, one of my spiritual guides yesterday on some of these habit patterns. And it requires to really know, first of all, it requires me to know when I have been tripped, triggered into and I'm now actively indulging in some of these survival patterns that support fear and control and also to have enough of a point of reference over here to know what inner wholeness and joy and serenity feels like so then I know the difference because when I came into this process I was so used to the gas light being on mm -hmm. the, exp uh, the, uh, the expiration date being the past due me having to dodge cops because my sticker is the wrong color um, you know Worried about like if I can get a payment arrangement on the thing. So many things hiding my car keys from myself and then beating myself up while I look for them while I'm late getting my kids to school. Like all these little things that I would do throughout the day to keep my instincts in control of me and to keep myself like in a state of instinct mode, in a in state of fearful reaction. And so yeah, Especially surviving. Because it's that's the other challenging part is that when we start to move in the right direction, because we're not used to that, it's out of our comfort zone. It doesn't create a sense of fear because there's an element of unknown. It's much easier to go back into the comfort of chaos because, mm -hmm. well, if that's how we were raised, if that's how our foundation has been set, of course, that's going to be the easy road to go down. It's like, you know, I totally get it. I totally feel that they're even in the midst of like all this working, I've been like reprioritizing, but that reprioritizing has meant that my living space is just like exploded into a disaster. And I'm mm -hmm. looking around going, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, what is going on? Like why yeah. I haven't had any time or space to address this glaring situation because I've just been having to 
prioritize surviving, you know, and all these other things are falling by the wayside. And I think that, you know, as a society and I, as individuals, I think that's why it's so important to have some kind of a prolonged experience and point of reference to go, ah, this is inner wholeness and joy and this is serenity. Because most of us come from a place, I mean, the things I was describing are obviously stemming from a deep-seated belief in my inadequacy and unworthiness, right. the, the expired registration, all that kind of stuff. It's self-neglect, you know, but other people's, they might be like, why well, I only sold 6,000 widgets last month and I need to sell 1,500. I need to make this much money. I got to get those new Jordans. Whatever the thing is, it's still the same mechanism and it's still what we're used to living in and it's still something we can control we can turn on adrenaline and cortisol anytime we want we have complete control over that and yesterday when i was and then this other thing like i'm working with you and collaborating and having a discussion with you where we're actually connecting we're having a conversation we're working with each other i'm not working for you or you're not working for me we're not waiting for each other's turns to speak it's not this thing it's much more of a flow and a reciprocation and that requires faith you know it requires us to know that we have the tools it requires mutual trust Right. It requires us to know that we're really listening to each other. We're hearing each other. We value we, what the other person has to say. And that comes through experiences. And that comes through becoming vulnerable and being real with each other. And then stepping into this thing where, okay, I'll allow myself to be seen more with this person. And we'll start to connect on this deeper level. And it's really hard as a society to get to that place. And so what ends up happening is we end up um, – just like I say, enslavement takes many forms. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm I'm noticing this now that because I had this gift of this break of time where I was, my full-time job was working on myself and processing, you know? And now that I've moved back into working, it's interesting where in the past, all those things that are coming up with working were just like, that's just all part of life and this miserable struggle, right? Mm. And now I'm going, oh my God, like these were all things that I wasn't necessarily, maybe I guess I didn't feel I had a choice in, but that it's being kind of inflicted on you just by the nature of being back in that sort of grind and whether or not the thing that you're doing is making you feel valued. You know, and it's like, we're, we're, there's this struggle right now. People being like, you know, get back to work or get off unemployment. And it's like, hold up. These people are not indentured to being your service worker at Chipotle. You know, mm-hmm. like no one is, no one owes you being a fast food slave. If these, if people consciously rose up and went, Oh my God, during this break in time, they realized that they had value. They had self-worth. They found a connection to GPS that said, go work this job over here where you, where you worked so hard before you couldn't even get time to do an interview. Now you've had time to prepare, go to the interview, give time to yourself, recreate a sense of wholeness so that you went and found something that was more fulfilling. And you don't have to return back to this state of, oh my gosh, I have to inflict this horrible pain and chaos on myself, you know? And you could take that. I like that thought. And you could actually take it, uh, you could even take it a, a step further and be even more revolutionary. And imagine if three months into this, after most of the workforce in America was sitting around. We're, we're doing hey, buddy. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we got a new lock for the door. The other one broke. Uh, imagine if most of the workforce in America was um, 
woke up and gained that spiritual insight and said, you know what? This $15 an hour stuff. I mean, I'm kind of remembering how hard it was to scrub the floor and do the kitchen and all that. Yes. I'm like, what if we all unionized everywhere across America and said to the owners, we're going to have you make 33% less than you're making right now. And we're going to come on and take that 33% and be co like ownership, or we're going to be like, you know, we're going to like, it's not going to be this pyramid anymore. We're going to work with each other. We're going to show up and do the job, but we're going to take ownership, not only of this fast food restaurant, but of our community, so of our, our, our neighborhood, of our planet. Sorry. Cause right now everyone's renting and they're getting paid and you can see spray paints on everything. The trash things overflowing. No one's taking any ownership yes. of the planet right now because everyone's just, we're occupying space. We're just kind of existing. We're renting, we're cannon fodder. We're disposable. We know it. I just saw this uh, little snippet that said, you know, I was paying workers like eleven twenty-five an hour or something like that. He's like, when I raised the pay to eighteen seventy-five an hour, I increased my workforce. And not only did I increase my workforce because people were willing to show up for that amount of money, but I made three times the amount of revenue because I could fulfill that many more orders. Wow. So withholding pay from people wasn't profitable. Chasing pennies down the hill because you're leaving stacks of dollar bills on the table by not having a mindset to say, hey, if we treated people better, they're going to work harder. They're going to bring in more orders and allow us to process more so that we can make even more greedy profit. But, the, <laughs> but, at, the Still, very, but at the very least, yeah. the worker is also saying, wow, I feel valued. I can pay my bills. Part of that maybe benefits like vacation or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like. Well, and that's why early America, I mean, we're saying, you know, up till the 1970s or 80s when everything started getting offshored, there was a group of Americans. Yes. That my, was really working. My grandfather included. When I look back in the 80s, I used to hear my mom and my aunts be like, oh, we grew up poor. There were six kids plus three of my, my great aunt had died when she was in her 30s. So there was nine kids in this little house, right? Yeah, mm. that must suck. But at the same time, my grandfather owned a home on the, in the suburbs of Minneapolis across the street from Lake Minnetonka, which is like the Beverly Hills of Minnesota. On mm, a gorgeous, I've heard of that. Actually. Huge yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous. That they sold for cash for a fat chunk of change in the early 2000s. They had, he had a pension that took care My grandmother had to work a day in her life. Never. She had a pension until the day she died from him. I mean, that and then and then wealth was given. Each of the kids got a good fat chunk of change of, you know, six of them after she had passed away. I mean, that was generational wealth because my grandfather was a hardworking laboring union man well there's that and i think also if you look at it from, it's also america was first come first serve well and, and this it, idea of mega yeah america was great when when we said to people we value you when there was this taxation that said you either pay the workers or you're going to pay it to the government and they said fine we'll pay it to the worker it's well, but like, there was also nothing. I mean, in their eyes, the eyes of the, the people who came and like settled America and developed it. Yes, there was American Indian native populations and stuff here, but they saw it as a blank canvas and everything that needed to be built was built between 1900 and late 1980s or 90s. Right. And so like as long as it needed to be built, there was plenty of money to go around. Well, but course. once it was built... And all the houses were owned up. I, I, I am of the opinion that that's what perpetuated the internet. So like once there was no opportunity for the next generation up and coming, like the Gen Xers and the people above me, 
they figured out a way to create a virtual reality and do virtual storefronts because everything else was already locked up in the United States. In the same way that Gen Z said, we're going to take this little cell phone that everybody has, and now we're full-on entrepreneurs where... Same thing. Where are all the service workers? Well, those young teens and young adults that would be forced to work a hospitality job or be in retail suddenly now are showing off their lives on Instagram and TikTok and OnlyFans and whatever they're doing. But whatever they figured doing. out a way to make 20 grand a month somehow, $2,000 a month, whatever it is that's paying their bills that they have been able to connect to an experience that's allowing them to shift away from this kind of enslaved mentality they're able to live a life that's well not- yeah i mean I, I i mean you like our generation because you're the beginning of, of gen x or you're the beginning of millennials yeah you're og but like our, it wasn't even in our consciousness like right. maybe we were going to play video games or be enthralled or mesmerized by this technology but we weren't like you can like my my kids it's like they're they're it, they are an extension of it or oh, it's yeah. an extension of them Soon like they're precursors right? yeah they're like precursors to like eventually we're going to be robots or like what are they called cyborgs like you see those science fiction movies where we're totally integrated into the world wide web and we have the neural link and there's going to be like the the guy on trek you know like or star trek that's like half robot half right. like that's where that but goes but i mean even it's even kind of interesting because I don't even necessarily think we'll have like that type of implant integration. In theory, the integration's already happened. We hold the device as though it were attached to our body already. You know what I mean? And if you lose it, you're going, oh my God, I've lost literally a part of me. Yeah, my appendage is gone. people have already, you know, it doesn't have to be implanted in your body to give you all of the same thing that that is supposed to be doing, you know? But at the same time, it's like this it's it's almost like witnessing a connection to gps where it's like for a long time humanity didn't have that now we have this supplemental tool the way that you had fire or a hammer or a smelter or a cotton gin that these tools then transform productivity transform connection around the world like you know what does that look like as far as um a metaphor of possibility of what conscious connection can be you know it can go in either way well and i think that's the beauty of uh this process once i've really started to understand when i was really able to slow the game down kind of like a quarterback talks about like in his fifth or sixth season for whatever reason the game slows down for them and they can read the defense and stuff well i've been able to read my thought patterns a little bit better lately and understand the motivation what's inspiring me or what's calling me to take an action am i just you know and so the the example in this book is like it's important to recognize the primary motivation behind our actions the first step toward conscious creatorship which is what you're saying is being able to tell whether an action is motivated by love or motivated by fear right and so for example edward and lance have each decided to open up their own drug treatment center Edward is motivated to create a treatment center that focuses on mitigating past traumas in order to help the residents break free from their destructive cycles of violence and addiction. Lance, on the other hand, he wants to open up a treatment center that maximizes profit potential so his wife can maintain her current standard of living. Lance believes his wife would leave him otherwise. 
Edward is motivated to buy love to develop something that will make the difference in the lives of others. Lance is driven by fear to make as much money as possible. So those two motivations drive every single one of our actions for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so like we could use the internet or like, like people could be, cause there's slaves all over the internet. There's people that are slaves to TikTok right now. There's people that are right. slaves to their own vanity and their own need for external validation. Their needs like you astutely brought it up. I still remember sitting here, in a board meeting we had when we were still doing relove and you rolled in and you're like, Oh, I got it. I figured it out. People don't want this crap anymore. They want a thumbs up. They want a, a red ball on Facebook. They want a like on Instagram. They want to follow. Right. That's where they, that's, that's where this younger generation has moved on to. And you could say, well, that's a, that the same way people were working to get the, the, the Kung Fu grip ninja GI Joe oh, right. is now just people slaving away on TikTok to try to get 20,000 views. Totally. And so it's like enslavement really does take many forms. And yeah. yeah, I guess it was just like, cause you were talking about like, you know, the motivation behind that restaurant owner when he kind of loosened up his purse, spring, purse strings and said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go for the $18 an hour thing. I'm done with the 11. Hour. Like that was a leap of faith he took, mm -hmm. but energetically he went from being Lance who needed to penny pinch. So his gold digging wife didn't leave him. Right. To Edward, who's like, well, let's make the lives of my employees a little bit better. So he brought some love into the game. And I think energetically, I, I'm interested. I don't think there's enough research on this kind of stuff. But when people shift out of that and create organizations and create things that are really about mutual fulfillment and about like, you know what I mean? Like, totally. what does that do energetically? And how? what's the vibration of that? And how does it attract support to well, it. and right now we're seeing this like for example uh, i was just reading about this this morning like the supreme court is you know oh we don't want to give um rental protection okay you're gonna side on the on the side of land barons and and now we're moving away from the american dream into full-on kings and queens and and you know the 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 whatever royalty where you are a property owner and so you have all this stuff or you're just straight up poor, no middle class, no in between. Now what benefit to society and your neighborhood and your property value, like your own body, your own mind, your own spirit, when you're evicting people so that you can harvest profit and putting those people out on the street in your neighborhood, mm -hmm. we in Los Angeles see it every single day. Mm -hmm. How in the hell is that going to be beneficial to you and your society if you're increasing homelessness in your community by 35%? Now your crime is going to skyrocket through the roof. Everything's going to have spray paint. There's trash all over the place. And this isn't about the unhoused shaming. It's about the reality of surviving on a street. And if you've never done it before, I'd highly recommend it before you jump on top of it. But at the very least, understanding that Keeping people by by giving just a little bit of love to people that returns to you a thousand fold. What's the point of having a hundred billion dollars if you're having to, you know, your quality of life is just you're living in a castle and then there's nothing but poverty and hunger and homelessness all around mm -hmm. you versus you're still living in a castle but you don't have you have a little bit less of this money you'll never be able to spend in 400 years because you have so many billions of dollars. But people, but now your neighborhood is more clean. You feel safe when you go jogging. 
people smile and wave because they're housed and they're doing their thing and they're happy. And suddenly someone comes up to you and says, oh, we're doing a community picnic or whatever, as opposed to, dear God, I can't go outside of my gates because people are clamoring just for food or water or something. It's I'm going like, to switch this out real quick. Hold on. You're good. It's like by, you know, consciously recognizing, oh, hey, if I spread this goodness around, it's going to, or I just read this Buddhist quote, when you light the path for another, it also lights the path for you. So why would you withhold the light and say, it's better if I walk in the darkness, you know, because I don't want this other person to also experience the light when you could light the path for another, which lights the path for you. you know? Well, I, I, yes. And I am a little bit, I've grown, I wouldn't say cynical, but I've definitely started to look at this whole thing is I, I used to be like, geez, we could just, you know, make the world like what you were saying. It makes all the sense in the world until I realized, well, some of the richest among us have nothing but money. They're definitely not work walking in the light. They're definitely a lot. We're giving them a lot more credit as far as the, to, in, in regards to their humanity and their compassion. Well, they're full-blown addicts, and we're raising them up on pedestals and saying, yes, take a rocket to the moon for fun, not even for science and exploration, <laughs> just because you're a billionaire. And make it look like a penis, too. Yes. But there's also this. There's, there's in history in general, the way that powers usually worked is there's been a ruling class, there's been a middle class, and then there's been an underclass. And the underclass usually just take care of themselves. They call them the proles. They're just in instinct mode all the time. The best mind control technique ever used on people is to get them to brace up against their experience and survive harder. So totally. when they don't have what they need and they're always working at a disadvantage, whether you call it the debt empire, student debt, credit card debt, oh, yeah. all those you things can't rise up because you're attached to that. And so when you eliminate the middle class, like they did in Russia back at the turn of the century, and they got rid of all the, the, the kulaks and they just murdered all the, 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 the highest functioning, like the, the people that was the middle class, they just got rid of them all. And then they never met the ruling class never had anyone on their heels that was a threat to their power. All they had now is no middle class, no one that was going to keep them accountable and a dystopian civilization full of people who are killing each other. That's much easier for them to manage and much more oh, yeah. less money. So basically, especially if you're not educating them, they're not going to know. Well, they don't want that. Right. They yeah. want people to be as dumb and ignorant and fat and stupid mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like angry and, and racially motivated or genderly motivated to like see one, it's like there's not this thing of like, we all do have those same fundamental principles of being, we have the same spirit, that's the oneness, like it's that love, it's that whatever. It's like they wanna draw all attention to like the self and not only the self, but like the, the gender of the self, the color of the self, the sexual preference of the self, like right down to the most minute detail that'll divide people and make each other not see each right. other as from that oneness place. And while at the same time telling that one group of people, we see this example in America right now where it's like, no, you're cool. Even though you are totally right way down here with all those other people that we just talked about, we're going to pretend like you're way up here by these billionaires. You're just a temporarily inconvenienced billionaire right now because you only make $40,000 a year. What do you mean? I, as far as the idea of, you know, separating, dividing, being like, those people over here are bad. 
But if but you're more like us, even though you're living on food stamps, right, barely right. getting by, but we're telling you that it's okay that you don't have an education and you don't have this ability to connect all of those dots and see what we're doing because we're telling you you're cool. So believe us, we're not holding public well, not only, over you. you know? Not only that, we're not only telling you we're cool, but we're using certain racial groups as front people for of our course. organizations. So like, you know, like right now, like, so if we put people in color in all these positions, then they basically are guarded if anyone attacks the ma mainly white owned organizations that have color people of color as their front people, then they're, uh, they're called racists and all the rest of the stuff when they're just using people. You know what I mean? And the whole point is the more that we're getting civilization in instinct mode, I call it the five sensory prism. When, it, when we're all that we are, when we're in instinct mode, when we're just in this three dimensional thing, we're slaves to the five senses oh, yeah. and the, the color, the color of the skin, all these differences. But when we can like, and so that's like caterpillar mode in the book, like in the new book, like, you know, cause it's always evolving. Mm -hmm. So remember that section where it was like, you know, the caterpillar is just kind of cruising along, eating everything in sight. And then one day it makes a chrysalis and it comes out and then it's re energetically reconnected to its environment in a new and unfamiliar way. Mm -hmm. Its perspective expands. So for us, like mainly we're all caterpillars, but now we're moving in, we're evolving into a place evolutionary wise where we can right. start vibrating at a, a higher frequency. We can become butterflies, but there's this five dimensional um, prison that wants to keep us in this caterpillar vibration because the, that's the thing that's easy to control. You, they can't as the butterfly's flying away. There's no like Truman Show bubble dome to keep the butterfly contained. Well, it's over there telling you, hey, if I cut you out of this uncomfortable chrysalis, it'll help you fly faster. But in reality, we know that the point of the squeezing out of the chrysalis is to push the blood into the wings so that you can fly. You have to go through the pain before you can get to the beauty. And it's like. People are being told right now, let us cut your cocoon off. Trust us. It'll be cool. When in reality, that means you're going to die because now you can't fly because your wings aren't properly formed. And everyone's being told like, oh, yeah, it's a good idea to have our chrysalises cut off. Like, this is helping us. When in reality, it's like, no. And actually, <laughs> you're very, oh, my God, what a beautiful example. Because when you were talking about that, it reminds me of the living situation I was in. Like I was a caterpillar and, and a lot of my like trans, it, you know, that was like a transition lab for me. It was going from like one state to another and I'm very much in the chrysalis now, but I'm in the chrysalis in the chrysalis now. And I'm not even, you know, I mean, like there was a time there where that like, oh, let me just cut the thing and make it really easy for you. I'll just take care of you. I'll pop you up in this fool's paradise. Right. You'll never become a butterfly in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to like, uh, in the second book, you ever read that chump chimp in the Bonobo story it says, are you a chimp or a Bonobo? I think we've mentioned it here before, but cause the, the other side of that is so like chimps and the Bonobos were all in Africa, the a Congo river materialized one day and separated them into two, two camps. One were like the power structure, alpha chimp, like I'll have sex once a year to mate. This is my territory. I'll kill you for hyper violent, uh, you know, dominating, you know, mm -hmm. fighting over territory. And then over here, these other guys were like the sensitive artistic chimps, if you will. And they were already separated from each other because they couldn't stand each other. But they were the matriarchal society. There was all conflict through sex. There was like it wasn't like this. There, there was a, a matriarchal. It was a different kind of structure and they weren't violent. They were very peaceful, right? And so 
but the only issue with that is okay so then you move forward to 1945 and they were liberating some zoo in in uh berlin no not berlin it was out outer city but it was like a zoo and they had the bonobo and the chimp exhibit and so they're like okay cool let's go see what's going on with these animals we just had air raids for like 23 days like they're probably all dead right, whatever yeah. you know like for whatever but they go and they go into the chimp cage first all the chimps are alive except for a couple of them and they're bouncing up and down like full on like traumatic PTSD, like in a frenzy, like, yeah. ah, like just going crazy, but they're alive. And then you go to the Bonobo ones and they were like, oh, these chimps have been dead since the first air raids because their nervous system was so sensitive and they were so coddled. There were, I mean, not coddled, but they weren't toughened up enough. Like it's like, you know, I, everything's being held with velvet gloves these days. And it's like every, you know, it's like, so if it were to break down, a lot of people's nervous system would just go into shock and the people that would survive would be the ones that have been trauma conditioning eat them, each other. Yeah. yeah. And so there's something to be said for like, there's this balance between you know, being able to tap into that GPS and have that thing so we can be a butterfly, but the butterfly, like going through the chrysalis and getting out is us toughening each other up, like taking my daughters to the park, like making them do all the exercise things. I hear you're hungry. It's okay. Feel what it feels like to be hungry for another hour even. You don't right. need to eat and have water every time you need it. Like doing things to society because they're talking about like prepping. I don't know if things are always going to be like this. I don't know if this thing breaks down where, where it goes or what's going to happen. Right. But I know that like the more we feel entitled to, like you were saying with your grandfather, I mean, being one of nine children and working from age eight onward, busting their ass, doing those things. There's not, a, there's not, that's not bad. That's not a wrong thing. Obviously updating that and having it be worthwhile work and having it be like, let's say for example, if, or like you said, go a ahead. sense of, connection and ownership when you're tr I mean that's the reason why I continue in this specific hospitality job that I do as I was saying before we recorded was I feel supported yeah it's hard effing work mm -hmm. but because on the top end I don't feel necessarily like a cog I feel valued I feel seen I feel supported again same I would be if I went to any other restaurant the pay the the hard work all that would still be the same but I might be treated like crap just because I'm the whatever X number on the docket, you know? Right. It's like when, when, when we feel, yeah, there's an out, we do need to have elements of uncomfortability of hard work. Those things build character. Like you said, they help toughen the skin a little bit so you can be prepared for difficult situations. But when you feel valued in that experience, that's it. You're willing to put in the, t the hard work and the tough love because you see the outcome is, Either I'm paid well enough and have enough benefits that I, I feel that the the workload matches the return that I'm getting in my investment. Yes. Or you you feel a sense of look at that. I built that Empire State building with a whole team and I may not be the architect, but like my hands built that thing and it's every time I walk by I can show my kid like I was part of this, you know, like there is something to hard work and value go hand in hand because they elevate us up as opposed to keeping us down in mm. this survival enslavement can't even see outside of that bubble of just get by you know well and i think you touched on it too i think like as a society and that's where i was kind of going with um you know if there's nothing wrong with hard work and so if there was a society a civilization that said you know what 
we're you're you, you, we you're good like if you do this 25 30 out 25 hours a week this half of the week if you work for us and you just where well, you're going to dig ditches it's going to be hard work you're going to be part of the street crew but you're going to have your, your your place to live you're going to have like that social the best parts of socialism but then the other half of that work week you're able to do your silk screening thing or write your book or free yes. be free to do the capitalistic thing and so it's really about like having a base civilization that you work and show up for where you know you're not just a piece of machine that they're trying to like right now i think everyone in the back of their mind knows they're they're totally uh uh of like if there was a way for the rich people on the planet to create a machine to replace them of there's a good portion of the a social elite would create a machine to make them uh, obsolete oh and people are aware of that right now i mean i can tell you it's probably every third ad in my scrolling is for the robotic arm making your smoothie for the robotic arm flipping your burger for the robotic arm doing whatever task enabled thing that they're saying this is the wave of the future you know it's like but at the same time i'm also seeing what you're saying as far as working in hospitality the shifts are five to six hours i'm probably working 25 to 30 hours a week they're saying we recognize your hard work and we value that and we want to make you a manager i'd be working 50 to 60 hours a week for less per hour when you break it down. Exactly. And I right away, I'm like, okay, you know, on paper or when someone says it, it's like, but you're getting a promotion. You'd be getting this title. You'd be doing this. Da, 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 da. Of, shouldn't you be going in that direction? I've had enough conscious connection to step back and say, no, actually, because I value time, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily value money, but I realize that in this space over here, yeah, the work is hard, but I can maximize the amount I make per hour mm -hmm. so that at the end of the day, I can pay my bills. There's a little left over. Plus, I have this additional time to A, just as a person who's, uh, I'm a CPTS CPTSD, compound post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis. So like working more than 30 35 hours a week i know for most people it seems like oh whatever the work is very hard when i'm doing it but i need that time to mentally emotionally recover reground like i can't i can't be giving 12 hours a day of myself because on that fourth day i would you know mentally emotionally probably be having problems and so i've learned where it's like oh i value my time and my mental health and wellness mm -hmm. such that I'm going to choose this space over here, even though it means not necessarily moving in the direction of the promotion or the title or the whatever, the well, shiny carrot that they're dangling, you know? Well, I think that there's two things right there that you're speaking to that are hard for most people to get off. Number one is, uh, luckily you had a mom and a dad that validated you somewhat regularly. Like a lot of people are addicted to that attaboys. If they can get a promotion and have some per person in authority telling them they're doing a good job, they'll take less money. You see through that illusion, you understand, oh, now we'll be making twelve fifty an hour instead of $20 an I mean, hour. It was very tempting, you know, for that flattering aspect. Of exactly. Like, Ooh, this sounds good. When I, when I really thought about it and stepped back, it was like, well, wait a minute. I personally feel more valued over here. And the second part of that is, is that as 
I think you and I both, I, I, we're not really materialistic people. For right. the most part, I live on, I just found this out last night, Lemoyne Street, where I've lived for 10 years in two different houses, means monk in French. Oh, wow. And so I've been living on Monk Street for, I'm a monk. And so I don't have credit cards. I don't have any of that. Like I don't, my car's paid off, my insurance is just like whatever, easy breezy. Because it's important to me. I don't want to live in instinct mode. I don't necessarily have, like I haven't been consistent enough in my spiritual walk yet for the the powers that be to say, okay, we entrust you with this beautiful, I mean, trusting me with this, but I have faith that, you know, eventually I'll be able to be presented with something. If I maintain my vibrational integrity and I maintain this conscious connection, there'll be a really beautiful opportunity presented to me that I'll love working really, really hard in. Right. But working really, really, really hard, it's good that a place like you're talking about, because at least they see you and they hear you and they acknowledge you, which is great. It goes a long way. Right. A slave, And I'm not calling you a slave, but I'm saying indentured serv- servants from back in the 1800s, there were some slave owners that acknowledged them and appreciated them and were kind to them because that's their nature. And then there were the reptilian overlord ones that were like, I'm going to have sex with your wife and I'm going to beat you if you say anything. Like, well, there's, this was that's like, always been the two totally. kinds of energies. And we saw this right away the first week back at the Hollywood Bowl. A lot of us, you can tell when we came back, it was like summer camp. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to reconnect with you and reconnect with this beautiful experience where we are... Um, cogs in a beautifully orchestrated machine that provides connection and a heart to the city of um, music and creativity as well as community you know eighteen thousand people getting to come together and almost like church celebrate art and music together yeah and then we had the corporate structure the la phil bosses coming in within the first week and being like you need to get over here and make all these rich people coffee because we said so and da, 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 da. it was like <laughs> wait a minute that's that area that you're asking isn't staffed for another few weeks. We don't even do that, nor has that ever been part of our job that we agreed to come back to. And suddenly now you're treating us as though we're, we didn't have a choice in this matter and we're indentured servants. Many of the people I work with have master's degrees where we are educated, smart, hardworking individuals who choose to come back to an experience where we're connected to people, music, art, love, mm-hmm. as opposed to we're required to be doing this. And it made it very clear right away, like, oh, gross. Like, I came back to this experience to reconnect to these things over here, and that's there. But at the same time, you're being shown this ugly picture of, well, you just should be doing this. And it was like, right away, right from the jump of getting back into this, you know, world of whatever it was just like oh i've put in all this work and consciously raised up enough to see Mm -hmm. no i don't want to do that nor i don't understand what you're putting on to me as though some expectation of you should just be an enslaved to this it's like no we have chosen to come back here because well and that's the word you 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 uh accentuated the word chose choice choose and choice conscious choice consciously choosing something Mm -hmm. is power Mm -hmm. so and in the context especially to bring it back to conscious creators for a second you know when we are we our definition of powerless is we don't have choices 
Amen. We're either going to do, we're, you know, we're relegated to, you know, if we're in an addiction, we're just going to go get high over here. We might take three hits instead of four hits, but that's not really a choice. If we have, if we're a disadvantaged family and we're on food stamps and we don't have any access to whatever we need in order to even begin to have choices. And so there's the contingent you were speaking of. So there's like back in the day or throughout society, there's been the energy that's been like, I want to dominate you. I'm going to tell you what to do. You don't get any choices. You're going to be controlled. And then there's the people that are like, well, I would rather you choose to do this because we're trying to build something and we want to have something powerful. Like there's two different kinds of energies that are providing employment solutions for people on the planet. And there's people in power. But unfortunately, the people that are in charge and have the most resources now, a lot of them are also the most domineering reptilian minded kind of energy on the planet and their reason why they have power and the reason why they've gotten to where they've gotten to a lot of them is because they don't have that empathy or that conscience exactly. or that thing that makes them feel like oh geez i'm just really exploiting all these people right now like we're they you know what the lot of those people call us we're called useless eaters at this point it's like we're animals that aren't being harvested and aren't working and so a, a, a phrase that's in a lot of these eugenics books these books that are like people that are like saying that we need to like depopulate the earth mm -hmm. they call uh, humans right now on the earth useless eaters and so and i can get into that and i can see wow there might be a lot of people on the planet right now but to look at us basically as animals and go there there's useless eaters fill them up on the cheap shit and figure out a way to get rid of them that's their mentality. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. Well, and when you when you eradicate the human components, you and you just are in this, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of this strife is caused by. And one of my, you know, favorite quotes growing up, going being raised in the church, you know, by Jesus Christ is, "For the root of all types of evil is, but for the greed of money." Mm. And we live in this world, this country, where we worship literally worship money mm -hmm. being told no it's under the guise of christianity and it's like jesus is spinning in his tomb at the thought of what two thousand years later has become of a society that he's out there making hemp dresses living in the desert with a bunch of guys you know i mean it's like this total disconnect from what we are supposed to be here, which is consciously creating a world. And, and uh, again, as it says in the Bible, and I don't mean this to be like religiously, I'm using this in a context of um, ba base context. And this idea that, you know, so uh, the verse is something like, on earth as it is in heaven the idea is that our job here as human beings is to become consciously connected to one another and creating what is desired for us is that you live i've created this beautiful heaven for you where you can all coexist there's enough food and resources to house you to feed you to allow for creativity for everyone if you're a woodworker you're a woodworker if you're a painter you're a painter if you're an industrialist you're an industrialist but there's a creativity in that where there's enough for everyone mm -hmm. unfortunately because of this green valueless piece of paper we have all fallen under the guise that we should disconnect independently 
kill ourselves to strive for this thing that isn't even, you know, it's like, I remember um, my world religions teacher talking about Hinduism and the idea that um, we're all, we're all in this big, beautiful house. Right. And there, and it's kind of like a giant old antique store where each room you go in, there's just millions of trinkets and they're so cool. And there's so much history and all these neat little things. And you're so, you're looking at all the trinkets and it's like, wow, look at all this really cool old stuff. The problem is, is they, we don't realize that this massive, gorgeous, cool house with all this cool stuff in it is on fire. It is burning to the ground. Every room is on fire. We're so busy looking at all the trinkets and involved with all the stuff that we don't realize that the house is burning down all around us. And mm -hmm. the actual goal is to get out of the burning house. And instead, in this country, we've been told, hey, there's even more trinkets over here. And the fire is, that's the heart of the fire. And we're all being sent into it going, yeah, get those trinkets because the flames from burning up in that feed the bigger thing of the people at the top. And it's like, I'm so grateful that I've been able to find a space like Conscious Creators <laughs> to remind me that at the end of the day, my value doesn't come down to how much money is in my bank account. My value comes down to have I connected to a true sense of spiritual connectivity of spiritual love that what I'm investing in my spiritual bank account, mm -hmm. the beauty of that. Okay. So my not, hypothetical children may not inherit a hypothetical house, but guess what? At the end of the day, I can't take any of that shit with me. What I can take with me is my conscious connection to spirit and love. And that's going to carry with me in the next life, in the next life, in the next Amen. life. It's the only thing you can carry with you. And unfortunately, without conscious connection, we've totally lost sight of what is our job here on this planet? What are we doing? And what is that doing for us as we move beyond this life into the next? And so I think uh, in closing, I would say, like going back to that choice thing, I've stopped giving the benefit of the doubt to all humans. I would say each individual has the choice, it can. I don't I even think a lot of human beings have the ability to even access this mm -hmm. and start to focus on these needs and that's okay. But I, I need to always remember, it's not necessarily, it's, it's the, the love of money. It's that lust for domination and control. It's that lust for, yes, the, the trinkets are really mesmerizing and they can make us really, uh, they're mesmerizing. And so we don't notice the house is on fire. But I am of the opinion that there are a group of people, there is an energy within the consciousness of the human organism that wants to burn the house down, that is actively burning the house down, that can't feel that love, can't feel that oh, connection. Totally. And just literally is just like, you know, Prince, I think, who was the guy's name? The Queen of England's husband. He died last year. Andrew, and he said, um, when I die, Philip. yeah, Prince, Prince Philip, when I die, I, I'm going to bring this quote up real quick. Uh, Prince Philip print and this sums it up fill up when well especially someone who's hold on hold on understood massive wealth and here you go privilege yeah so when he comes back what uh okay hopefully come on dude okay in the event that i am reincarnated I would like to return as a deadly virus to contribute to something, uh, to contribute something to solving overpopulation. Mm 
So he wants to come back. This is the Queen of England's husband. He says, when I come back, I want to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to, to solve overpopulation. I mean, and wow. that's that's and so that's literally we're talking about a bunch of stuff that's not even they're literally like get rid of the useless eaters, Fully kill them like in the dark, you know, attached to the. Yeah. But those are the people running the world. Antithesis of connection to spiritual love and truth. Yep. All right. Awesome. That was a cool podcast. What uh, I'm going to shut her down on that happy note. Yes. Join us next time for more TED Talks. Exactly.